Welcome to Wikibytes, a podcast to provide you with small and digestible bites of useless yet somewhat useful information from the depths of Wikipedia. Sit back and enjoy the content. Episode 20, Unit 731, Part 2. Just a quick disclaimer before today's episode, much the same as the last episode, there are some very confronting uh, subjects talked about in this episode. I would strongly suggest keeping this away from young, sensitive ears. In the previous episode, we touched on what Unit 731 was, who they were and what their intentions were. In today's episode, we'll cover the experiments that were undertaken on unwilling and innocent civilians. Biological Warfare Unit 731 and its affiliated units were involved in research, development and experimental deployment of epidemic-creating biowarfare weapons in assaults against the Chinese populace, both military and civilian. Throughout World War II, plague-infected fleas were spread by low-flying airplanes over Chinese cities. These operations killed tens of thousands with bubonic plague epidemics. An expedition to Nanjing involved spreading typhoid and paratyphoid germs into the wells, marshes and houses of the city, as well as infusing them in snacks distributed to locals. Epidemics broke out shortly after to the elation of many researchers who concluded that paratyphoid fever was the most effective of the pathogens. At least 12 large-scale bioweapon field trials were carried out, and at least 11 Chinese cities attacked with biological agents. An attack on Shangdi in 1941 reportedly led to approximately 10,000 biological casualties and 1,700 deaths among ill-prepared Japanese troops, in most cases due to cholera. Japanese researchers performed tests on prisoners with bubonic plague, cholera, smallpox, botulism and other diseases. This research led to the development of the defoliation bacilli bomb and the flea bomb used to spread bubonic plague. These bombs enabled Japanese soldiers to launch biological attacks infecting agriculture, reservoirs, wells, as well as other areas with anthrax and plague carrier fleas, typhoid, cholera, and other deadly pathogens. During biological bombing experiments, researchers dressed in protective suits would examine the dying victims. Infective food supplies and clothing were dropped by airplane into areas of China not occupied by Japanese forces. In addition, poisoned food and candy were given to unsuspecting victims. During the final months of World War II, Japan planned to use the plague as a biological weapon against San Diego, California. The plan was scheduled to launch on the 22nd of September 1945, but Japan surrendered five weeks earlier. Plague fleas, infected clothing and infected supplies encased in bombs were dropped on various targets. The resulting cholera, anthrax and plague were estimated to have killed at least 400,000 Chinese civilians. Weapons testing Human targets were used to test grenades positioned at various distances and in various positions. Flamethrowers were tested on people. Victims were also tied to stakes and used as targets to test pathogen-releasing bombs, chemical weapons, shrapnel bombs with varying amounts of fragments, and explosive bombs, as well as bayonets and knives, to determine the best course of treatment for varying degrees of shrapnel wounds sustained on the field by Japanese soldiers. Chinese prisoners were exposed to direct bomb blasts, they were strapped, 
unprotected to wooden planks that were staked into the ground at increasing distances around a bomb that was then detonated. It was surgery for most, autopsies for the rest. Other experiments. In other tests, subjects were deprived of food and water to determine the length of time until death, placed into low-pressure chambers until their eyes popped from sockets, experimented upon to determine the relationship between temperature, burns and human survival, pumped full of horse blood, hung upside down until death, crushed with heavy objects, electrocuted, dehydrated with hot fans, placed into centrifuges and spun until death, injected with animal blood, exposed to lethal doses of x-rays, subjected to various chemical weapons inside gas chambers, injected with seawater, and burned or buried alive. In addition to chemical agents, the properties of many different toxins were also investigated by the unit. To name a few, prisoners were exposed to tetrodotoxin, pufferfish or fugu venom, heroin, Korean bindweed, bactyl and castor oil seeds or ricin. Massive amounts of blood were drained from some prisoners in order to study the effects of blood loss. Unit 731 tested many different chemical agents on prisoners and had a building dedicated to gas experiments. Some of the agents tested were mustard gas, lewisite, cyanic acid gas, white phosphorus, adamsite, and phosgene gas. A former army major and technician gave the following testimony anonymously. In 1943, I attended a poison gas test held at the Unit 731 test facilities, a glass wall chamber about 3 metres square and 2 metres high was used. Inside of it, a Chinese man was blindfolded with his hands tied around a post behind him. The gas was atomsite, otherwise known as sneezing gas, and as the gas filled the chamber, the man went into violent coughing convulsions and began to suffer excruciating pain. More than 10 doctors and technicians were present. After I watched for about 10 minutes, I could not stand to see any more and left the area. I understand that other types of gases were also tested there. Some of the tests have been described as psychopathically sadistic with no conceivable military application. Unit 731 also tested chemical weapons on prisoners in field conditions. A report authored by an unknown researcher in the CARMO unit describes a large human experiment of mustard gas. 20 subjects were divided into three groups and placed in combat emplacements, trenches, gazebos, and observatories. Frostbite testing. Army engineer Hisato Yoshimura conducted experiments by taking captives outside, dipping various appendages into water of varying temperatures, and allowing the limb to freeze. Once frozen, Yoshimura would strike their affected limbs with a short stick emitting a sound resembling that which a board gives when it is struck. Ice was then chipped away, with the affected area being subjected to various treatments, such as being doused in water, exposed to heat of fire, etc. Members of the unit refer to Yoshimura as a scientific devil and a cold-blooded animal because he would conduct his work with strictness. A member of Unit 731 described in a 1980s interview a grisly scene where Yoshimura had two naked men put in an area 40 to 50 degrees below zero and researchers filmed the whole process until the subjects died. The subjects, 
suffered such agony they were digging their nails into each other's flesh. Syphilis. Unit members orchestrated forced sex acts between infected and non-infected prisoners to transmit the disease. As a testimony of a prison guard on the subject of devising a method for transmission of syphilis between the patients shows, infection of venereal disease by injection was abandoned, and the researchers started forcing prisoners into sexual acts with each other. Four or five unit members, dressed in white laboratory clothing, completely covering the body with only the eyes and mouth visible, the rest covered, handled the tests. A male and female, one infected with syphilis, would be brought together in a cell and forced into sex with each other. It was made clear that anyone resisting would be shot. After victims were infected, they were vivisected at different stages of infection so that internal and external organs could be observed as the disease progressed. Testimony from multiple guards blames the female victims as being hosts of the disease, even though they were forcibly infected. This concludes today's episode. As always, there is a Wikipedia link to today's topic in the show notes. I hope that you enjoyed the episode today, and I ask that you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to the podcast. Please share this episode and previous episodes with your friends, family, and anyone that will listen. Thank you all for the continuous support.